Welcome to Wisdom Inspired, a podcast designed to help high achievers to eliminate burnout and overwhelm. Now let's prepare to open our hearts, our minds, and our notebooks to receive today's Hello, wisdom. Everyone, Tuesday is off to a great start. Um, I won't tarry this morning. I'm going to get right right into today's topic because I'm going to read a little bit of scriptures today and I want to make sure I have enough time to kind of bring y'all up to where my mind is, right? Well, I'm thinking today and why I'm so excited uh, to jump into this. So today's topic is your motivation is the heartbeat of your actions. Your motivation is the heartbeat of your actions. So yesterday, I started a little bit. I challenged us in an area about believer or a groupie, right? And you got to go listen to the replay because I'm not going to try to go all the way back into that. Uh, but it gave birth to today's topic as well. And we touched on a little bit that there are, you know, when I was doing my research about groupies, there's two categories. There's the ones that they consider are the good groupies, and that's there. they're there because they came to support the performer. And then there are those that come to possess the performer, and they're considered the, the bad groupies, right? you got to go Google it for yourself. It's so amazing to know that this stuff is out there. Anyway, that's another conversation for another day. Anyway, so you got that part, right? There's two categories of groupies, and then we talked about a believer, and that believer is the person that understands their confidence is being placed in the leadership or the guidance of that of the person with the authority. It's it's different. It, it's a different uh, ability to show up. And as I studied that further and was in John chapter 6 and over into John chapter 7, which is some of the scriptures we're going to read today, I saw a little bit better on the covetness that comes from a groupie, right? A groupie covets things, right? And so it made me go look at covetness, right? And I wanted to see because covetness is, is a heartbeat to our motivation. We can be in our hearts, we can be motivated by covetness or covet, to covet, right? And we're warned against that in scripture. So to covet means to yearn, to possess, or to have something. It comes from the Latin word cupid, cupiditus, Right? It's C-U-P-I-D-I-T-A-S, cupiditus. I must say that, right? But it's sort of the root word for cupid, right? It's C-U-P-I-D-I-T-A-S, which means desire, yearning, or lust. Covetness is the eager or excessive desire. So, Dorothy, how in the world did you find that in John chapter 6? Well, let me show you. Okay. So in John chapter 6, we're going to read verses 12 through 15 first. And it reads, When they had all had enough, he said to his disciples, Gather up now the fragments, the broken pieces that are left over, so that nothing may be lost and wasted. So accordingly, they gathered them up, and they filled 12 small hand baskets with fragments left over by those who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw the signs, the miraculous, the miracle that Jesus had performed, they began saying, surely and beyond a doubt, 
This is the prophet who is to come into the world. Then Jesus, knowing that they meant to come and seize him, that they might make him king, withdrew again to the hillside by himself alone. Now, when I read this, and I talked to Aldrima about this last week when I first got into John 6, and I was like, mm, there's a key phrase of words there in verse 15. It said that they came to seize him, that they might make him king. And as I was building on the groupie and building on those that come to possess you, right, because they had seen a sign he had performed for them. They received his working of miracle and service to a need that they had. Their need was hunger, right? If you go back and read the beginning of chapter 6, Jesus already knew what was going on, and he perceived their need, their hunger, right, before they had even gathered. And so he, in order to serve them, right, he was not doing this out of his own desire. He was doing it to serve them. It was a part of his calling, right, not his covetness. However, because of their lack of understanding, their inability to receive, they fell into the thing of coveting him, right, which is what a groupie does. The groupie begins to covet you. It, they cover you and they make you king. It is because of them that you are a celebrity. It's because of them that your career takes off. It's because of them. Y'all see it in the award shows. They get out there and, and celebrate their fans because without their fans, they wouldn't sell no records. Right? Yeah, y'all, you're right. They wouldn't make no movies if it wasn't for the people going and paying for the tickets. They they would not have an existence if the people hadn't made them. I'm going to make it a little more practical. We got a lot going on in the media right now about the Olympic, Olympics with Simone Biles. They made her. They labeled her the, the, the female uh, success story of the Olympics. They gave her that label. That's why they have the audacity to show up now and get mad because she decided to do something for herself. Yeah, we it's covetness. It's that that's what that's what I saw here. So we clearly see that Jesus understood because he says he knew it. He knew it beforehand that they desired to seize him and make him king. So that meant they wanted to put a label on him. They wanted to give him a platform. They wanted to be responsible for his success like groupies. See to do. But we continue to go further. I'm going to skip over to verses 22 through 26. It says, the next day, the crowd that still remained standing on the other side of the sea realized that there had been only one small boat there and that Jesus had not gone into it with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away by themselves. But now some other boats from Tiberias had come in near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So the people, finding that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, themselves got into the small boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. They, they look in the season. They look in to make him king. They, they look in for the one that they're ready to put on the platform. 
And it says in verse 25, and when they found him on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? They got the nerve to question him because he went away. The, the same way they questioned Simone Biles because she decided, I, I don't want to do this. And, and we're questioning her right to choose. So Jesus answered them. Don't, now, mind you, his answers are so perfect. He don't even answer the question that they asked him. Okay, so here's the answer. Verse 26, Jesus answered them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, you have been searching for me. Not because you saw the miracles and signs, but because you were fed with the loaves and were filled and satisfied. You want me to perform some more magic tricks? That's, that's basically what he's saying. That's, that's my ism, okay? And we read on verse 27 yesterday, and I'll add this part. It says, stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes in the using, but strive and work and produce, rather, for the lasting food, which endures continually unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give or furnish you with that, for God the Father has authorized and certified him and put his seal of endorsement upon him. And I'm going to read down to verse 29. And it says in verse 28, they then said, what are we to do that we may habitually be working the works of God? What are we to do to carry out what God requires? See, they, they wanted to support God. They wanted to make God relevant. So what do we do? To add value. what? Because we're we the value keepers. So we're going to add value to God. Do y'all see this? Okay. And in verse 29, Jesus replied, he said, this is the work or service that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent. Okay? The one who he has made king. That you cleave to trust rely on and have faith in his messenger. That's it. Ain't nothing else for you to do. Ain't no support you can give. Ain't no platform you could create. Ain't no label you could give him because he's been appointed by God himself. Right? So when we look at the motivation as the heartbeat of our actions, we as leaders got to check our heart rate. We got to check the heartbeat that's coming flow into our motives. Right? Because many times we led to believe that we're motivated by what we think, and it's not. We're not motivated by what we know. We're motivated by what we desire. What is it that you're desiring in your heart? See, the people were being motivated to follow Jesus, not because they believed in him or believed who he was or even believed in the one who sent him. They were motivated. Their actions of following him was because of the performances that he was doing. They were coveting his performance. They didn't respect his calling. Do y'all see this? And Jesus very well knew this. As he continues throughout this chapter, I'm going to jump to verse 35 and 40, through 35 through 40. He says here to them, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He's telling them who he is, okay, because he understands they don't get it. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry, 
And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. But as I told you, although you have seen me, still you do not believe and trust and have faith. All whom my Father gives or entrusts to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, no never, reject one of them who comes to me. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. And let me make clear what his will is. Verse 39 says, And this is the will of him who sent me that I should not lose any of all that he has given me, but that I should give new life and raise them all up at the last day. For this is my Father's will and his purpose, that everyone who sees the Son, that's me, and believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. See, the people wanted to seize and raise him up. They wanted to raise him up and make him king. He said, no, I'm here to raise you up. I'm here to make you relevant. I'm here to give you life. I don't need your support. And I definitely can't let you possess me because I only belong to the Father. I don't belong to you. I'm here to give you life. But you've got to believe who I am. Your motivation has to be that you recognize my calling. You have to be driven to come after me. So let's look at this. You hear me saying calling. I want y'all to stay with me today. So calling is the opposite of covetousness. And the definition of calling is the loud cries or shouts of an animal or a person. The other definition is a strong urge toward a particular way of life. See, believers have been called. And Jesus makes it real clear as he goes on in verse 44, he tells them about being called, not by him, but by the Father. He says, no one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me attracts and draws him and gives him the what? The desire to come to me. And then I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. So here in verse 44, Jesus makes it real clear. You don't understand me because you ain't been called to me. That's, that's just the bottom line. I understand why you're following me because you ain't been called to me. You are not a believer. You're a groupie. And that's okay. Because as I travel through this distorted world, I understand that there will be groupies because they will be attracted to my performances. 
but they don't believe in my power. They have yet to have confidence in my ability, in the need to feed on me, to eat my bloody dinner that I serve to them because I am their life. They're they not going to get that yet. They don't understand. They're not going to know me that well. They're not going to understand. They're going to be like a groupie from a distance. They're going to think I'm a part of their life, but it's superficial because they don't know nothing about me. They, don't, they think because they know the basics or what's been made public, but they don't know me. They don't know my intimacy. They don't know what I do for them. So they group after me in large groups. Y'all get that? And they all seem similar. But those that believe in me, it's a narrow road. Ain't many of them on it because they got to know me beyond a shadow of a doubt. I don't never have to perform for a believer because God gives them the desire to come after me. It ain't even me that does it. It's God the Father who places the desire or the motivation, the heartbeat in your motive to come after me. That's how your motive is pure. It ain't even of you. Because if it's born of you, it's not from God. So you coming after me has no meaning for me. I need to know, are you being driven by God's calling to you as a believer to seek after me? Okay, and hopefully that makes sense to y'all, but just in case y'all didn't get it, I'm going to give y'all some more proof. Verse 61 through 66 says, but Jesus, knowing within himself that his disciples were complaining and protesting and grumbling about it, said to them, Is this a stumbling block and an offense to you? Does this upset and displease and shock and scandalize you? Have I just gotten all up in your business? Did, did I just make you feel funny? I'm telling y'all, y'all know. Oh, yes. He says in 62, What then will your reaction if you... What, he says, what then will be your reaction if you should see the Son of Man ascending to the place where he was before? When you see me ascend to the right hand of the Father where I came from, what's going to be your reactions then? He says, it is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There is no profit in it. The words truth that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. He says, but still, some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. In 65, it says, and he said, this is why. I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him, unless he is enabled to do so by the Father. After this, many of his disciples or groupies drew back, returned to their old association, and no longer accompanied him. Did y'all get that one? The groupies fell off. They went and found somebody else to follow. They went and found somebody else to support and to possess. Because when he spoke truth, they didn't want to hear it. Right? Simone Biles spoke her truth and people don't want to hear it. So now everybody who once loved her is, we having a problem with her. Has that happened in your life when you speak truth to people and they want to follow and they don't want to follow you no more? Should you be coveting people following you or should you be following your calling as a believer and being obedient? 
And and, and I know I'm going over a little bit. If y'all got to hang up, hang up. But I'm going to give y'all this one today because y'all got to get this, okay? So where is it where Jesus shows that he continues to move forward with his calling versus coveting people's presence in his life? We see it clearly in chapter 7 of John. We go to John chapter 7, verse 1. It says, after this, Jesus went from place to place in Galilee, for he would not travel in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jewish feast of the tabernacles was drawing near. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go into Judea so that your disciples there may also see the works that you do. This is no place for you. They go somewhere else so they can see you perform. You don't want these people out because they're not following you here no more. Oh, y'all got to get this. Verse 4, for no one does anything in secret when he wishes to be conspicuous and secure publicity. If you must do these things, if you must act like this, if you must put on this show, Show yourself openly and make yourself known to the world. Make yourself known to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in or adhere to or trust in or rely on him either. Whereupon Jesus said to them, my time or opportunity has not come yet, but any time is suitable for you. And your opportunity is ready anytime. It's always here. He said the world cannot be expected to hate you because you ain't been called to save the world. He said, but it does hate me because I denounce it for its wicked works and reveal that its doings are evil. So we see right here, he was tempted to covet the people. Because he says to him, you go and make yourself known to the world. You got to go find more followers. You got to go change your brand. You got to go dance and put on a new face to get new people in a new tribe to follow you because your numbers is falling off. And Jesus said to him, oh, no, my time ain't come. The time for you go anytime, anytime you get ready to go juke and jive for new people, go right ahead because you, you are irrelevant. You are not here to save the world. They ain't looking to kill you. They looking to kill me because I don't line up with them. I am counter to their culture. Simone Biles say I'm counter to y'all culture. Y'all can go out there and perform all you want. I will not break my neck. I'm not going to kill myself after you done got in my head and changed the rules midstream. Oh, no. Go, no, I won't do it. So how many of us are willing to follow our calling and be obedient to our timing? Or do we get and fall into the temptation of covetousness and make ourselves proud? We put on a show for people because that's what the business world tells us you're supposed to do. You got to keep dancing for them to keep them in business with you, to keep them following you. But now you have gone so far away that you now get killed and destroyed because you're out of God's calling on your life. You've become covet over the things that you see versus following the calling, believing in the thing that you have your confidence in. So is your motivation 
Is your motivation leading to a heart attack? Is it causing you to have a heartbreak and to die sooner than your timing? Your motivation is the heartbeat of your actions. So we have to evaluate what's motivating us. Is it covetousness? Are we chasing after? Are we looking for God only to perform for us? Are we looking only for him to give us the blessing so we can show him off? Or are we really believers and we are confident in our ability to do the things that we do not because of us, but because of him through us, because of his direction and because of his guidance? That is what we need to compare. Are we being motivated by covetousness? Are we being motivated by our calling? So, I know today went over a little bit, but I am certain you got exactly what you needed to get in your own way. And listen back to yesterday, and I promise you, these two calls together will give you the direction to check and evaluate your motivations and why you're doing the things that you're doing and to apply them to your business, to your actions, to your marketing plan, to your business plan. What is it that you're seeking to do? Is it because you've been called or is it because you're coveting other people's lives? And that clarity is going to give you the strength to stand in this season, even when they stop following you. You'll still be able to stay on point and end up where you're supposed to be on time. So thank you for joining us here on Wisdom Inspired. You guys have a great and wonderful day, and we'll meet you back on the line tomorrow morning. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Wisdom Inspired that was brought to you by the AAC Coworking Community a virtual community designed to support female entrepreneurs, business owners, and freelance professionals. For more, go to wisdominspired.net.